0: Hello and welcome back, it's Vio and Virgi and we're here for our our episode 8 in which we're going to talk about carbon markets because it's a topic which is is in trend I would say but it's very complex and sometimes there is a lot of confusion around I would say two type of markets that we're seeing in this sector so we're going to try to give you an overview and This is going to be the the beginning of this uh, topic because we are going to have some guests in our next episodes which are going to join us to help us understand better um, one of these two markets more specifically. But I would say let's start. What are we referring to when we say that there are two markets?
1: So first of all, when we want to understand the carbon market, it's important to split between... ETS, which is the emission trading scheme and the voluntary carbon markets. Mm-hmm. So whenever you hear about carbon markets and businesses, usually in media and on LinkedIn or in your Instagram, it's well. Also, if you're a nerd in the sustainability, <laughs> so bubble, probably usually like Instagram <laughs> pages have other kind of content. Probably only in our Instagram. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, they're probably referring to voluntary carbon markets, right? Because what companies are kind of researching and getting interested in and what the real hype is about is a voluntary carbon market. But in order to understand what the voluntary carbon market, we need to first understand what the ETS, the em- em- Emission Trading Scheme is. So, yeah. Violi, do you want to take it away and give us, walk us through
0: what it actually entails? Sure. So, the Emission Trading Scheme is, uh, first of all, it's a regulated market. Um, and basically what it entails is that companies are given uh, a limit of emissions that they can uh, emit and if they emit more um, they need to purchase um, these credits from other companies which of course are emitting less and therefore generating a credit Um, this may sound complicated but it's actually basically I'm a company I can emit 10 that means that if I emit 8 I, have, I generate two credits so I can sell these two uh, units of emissions that I did not emit to another company which emitted 12 and therefore needs to um, buy this credit to then go down to 10 um exactly and this kind of starts from the fact that the
1: european union has a certain carbon budget that each nation country can emit and their businesses are allowed to emit so in some sense there's a pool Mm -hmm. of co2 that can be emitted by each country and in order to regulate this pool each business has a limit on their own emitting capacity so as well was saying in the case you emit more, you have to buy from who was emitted less, and if you emit less, you can sell to who's been emitting more. So in one sense, this pool always remain pretty much the same, and the yeah. European
0: Union can establish its own CO2 budget at the end of the year, right? Yeah. see with this system is that basically companies which are polluting more, which are emitting more, are not really working necessarily on their per- performance, but they're merely just buying a credit from other companies which are performing better. So it is a way, of course, to stay within the, the carbon budget. But at the same time, even though the aim is the one to incentivize insetting, it, that is not always the case, because sometimes insetting, which is basically um, changing your processes and ensure that you can reduce emissions by changing how you um, produce, um, may still more costly than just purchasing credits from other companies which are performing better. So even though the idea was to incentivize company to perform better and to en- engage in offsetting, in setting, sorry, their 1st and company is just, they pay for emitting. And this is a problem, of course, because you have on one end companies which are top performers, let's say, they're doing very well, and they have an incentive to do well to sell the credits, but others that don't see this incentive because still for them, changing the way they're operating would be more costly than just purchasing the credits. Right, so I think it would be a good moment now, because you just
1: mentioned it briefly, casually, in passant what <laughs> offsetting, offsetting. We hear a lot of these words thrown around nowadays, and I think it would be good to just give a bit of an understanding of what in setting is, And what offsetting are and what the differences are between the two. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about insetting, we basically refer to lowering the emissions within one's own business model Mm -hmm. and business strategy. So in a sense, when you inset, for example, you try and cut emissions in your procurement, in your production, in your logistics, you try and find ways in which your business as a whole can lower its own impact on the CO2 emissions. When we talk about offsetting, on the other hand, we're still talking about lowering your CO2 emissions. So your company still is looking for ways to lower its own uh, CO2 impact, but then not within the business model. So somewhere else, for example, investing in um, CO2 project, in a carbon credit project, or in renewable energy, or in... Well, there's, <laughs> there's a plethora of different uh, yeah. projects one could invest in, and as we go... As we go further, we'll we try to unravel some, and there's so many that come up all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think building on that, we're gonna jump right into what the carbon um, the Volunt- voluntary carbon market is. And why is it called voluntary, first of all,
0: viola? because um it's not regulated. so compared to the one we had been talking about. Um, so the ETS, um, it's not regulated. So basically, it's just something in which companies engage in. Voluntarily. Voluntarily. So no one is obliging them to. There's no government behind saying, hey, there's
1: this amount of CO2 you can emit or you have to offset. But companies deliberately choose to get engaged. Yeah, and
0: also um, they don't do it in order to perform better on the other system, on the ETS <laughs> we have been talking about uh, before. So it's not to uh, buy credits that then you can use in the um, European trading scheme, uh, emission trading scheme. Uh Um, It's something independent, something on top. It's independent and it's something that companies do because they recognize that they are emitting still too much, even if they're maybe staying and complying with the um, emission trading scheme they still think they should have, uh, offset or anyway reduce their emissions more and therefore they engage in this voluntary carbon market. Which are the two key players of this market? Companies on one side and then who do we have on the other side? Uh, project developers yes, in a sense.
1: <laughs> like
0: the questionnaire. So yeah,
1: so we have projects developers on one side that are in charge of making sure that projects emit a certain amount of CO2 and that that CO2 in some way that is yet to be clearly defined can be quantified, traced, measured and later certified. Mm -hmm. And why is the certification so important nowadays? Because once a carbon credit has been certified in some way it is locked and just as a coin it is minted and enters the
0: marketplace. Okay, that was very nice but also I think very complicated. (laughs) So I have a question, I'm a company. I realize that I'm emitting way too much. Uh, I don't like it, and as part also of my sustainability strategy, of course, I want to offset. What do I do? Who do I call? On which website do I go? Nine one one. I (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, maybe I should. But (laughs) no. So you would. Well, usually,
1: well, there's so okay. many players right now and so many keep mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah. But usually uh consultancy firms are in charge of getting in touch with certification agencies that release the carbon credit that has been sourced by a project on site. Okay. What but- is the issue nowadays though that we have some but i have one so sorry. i sorry are
0: it. the the certifiers also the traders because i see it as a market no? so you have a trader which is gonna give me mm-hmm. the, the credit that is
1: sometimes the case but okay. not always sometimes the certifiers can also trade and sometimes mm-hmm. the consultants themselves can also be traders okay so there's a lot of people so it's that it's really
0: not. It's standardized. It's, it's not regulated.
1: Exactly. Well. And so, what the problem is right now that we have a really big demand and we have potentially a very big supply, but there is in some way a methodology lacking and a standardization that can be applied to everyone to really get the market up, structured, and running. Okay. So, we just mentioned that one of the biggest problems is uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. So that the market doesn't have any rules as of now. Mm-hmm. Data transparency, because until now a lot of certificate well carbon credit certificates have been released on uh, PDF papers, through phone calls. Okay. It's, it's still very murky. And mm-hmm. as we know, this is it's not a volatile coin. It's actually related to well no it is volatile to some extent, but it is re- related to an actual concrete project, a concrete amount of CO2 should be measured and quantified. Of course. But nowadays, as we lack transparency and perhaps the tools as well, mm-hmm. we can't really ensure that yeah. the carbon credit actually has been emitted. And so what happens is we have a few really big players that okay. have been taking up a large share of the market that are trying to build up a methodology that mm-hmm. will allow um, clients, businesses, mm-hmm. individuals to safely purchase and trade um, these carbon okay.
0: credits. So basically, we're missing both traders, in the sense intermediaries, which are uh, not maybe a sketchy person who does the transaction through a phone call and then sends me a PDF. So right. we, we do need intermediaries, which are a bit more structured, transparent, transparent. But also, we also need more certifiers, I guess, because I know that there are not many players and there's a lot of demand, many projects, and not many people were there to actually certify. And also, a methodology for this certifier. Because right now, there's not a shared methodology by all certifiers. So for me, this project... uh, can give you a credit of, I don't know, five, but for another methodology of two, and then I'm like... Yeah, but so I agree with you that we need a method, like this
1: is the biggest challenge, right? We don't have a methodology and we have so much data, we don't know how to manage it. But I also think that one aspect that we should really take into account is the fact that these projects are so diverse amongst each other. I was just mentioning a few minutes ago how it can be... Um, renewable energy solutions, as reforestation or afforestation projects, mm-hmm. cooking stoves, yeah. all the way to—I mean, it counts as the amount of mm-hmm. CO two offsetting projects within the carbon market mm-hmm. that are available. So, I I also see and realize the challenge that there is with structuring a methodology that can be applied in the near future. Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to be really interesting is a bit of suspense for you guys at home. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be having a special guest next week that will help us and understand how how he, there, is, there are potential ways and players that are helping solve one of the challenges of the carbon market, which is transparency mm-hmm. and dealing with the large amount of data availability.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk with an intermediary. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Okay, Perfect. Then um, join us on our next episode because it's going to be, I would say, the follow-up of this one. This was just the warm-up. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, let us know in the comments if everything was clear or you would like to know more
1: of any specific part because it's a ginormous topic. There's little known, but we're, we're happy to do some further research if anything is, is of interest. So yeah, see you next week. Ciao. Ciao.